Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so James and Dan. Got yes. It. Okay, cool. Yes, we are back live here on our big broadcast. It is a Tuesday. It is a fabulous Tuesday. And we have got our good friend, the best-selling author, Dan Perkins, uh, radio host, writer of too many places for me to mention in this intro. And uh, Dan joins me here on Skype. And we also have our good friend, Wayne Allen Root, with us. You know him from the uh, sports betting world and also uh, best friends with Donald Trump as well, the, uh, the, the, the former president. And um, Wayne has a brand new book, and this book is doing absolutely gangbusters. And I wanted to get Dan and Wayne together because uh, the last time we had Dan on, I felt like Dan had read Wayne's book because he was talking about Every single thing that Wayne talks about in his new book about everything. So I thought, well, why don't we just get these two together? So, Wayne, first of all, uh, how has the book been doing, my friend? Uh, yeah, it's it's been out for about uh, six weeks now. and It's been number one in 20 different categories at Amazon, so I'd say it's doing pretty darn good. Well, it is it is an amazing, amazing book, and we've got Dan Perkins with us today. And when I told Dan that we were going to be able to get Wayne Allen Root, but he had to do it early because of his national show in the afternoon, he's like, I'll make time. So, Dan, uh, I want to open it up to you. What kind of questions do you have for the entrepreneur, sports betting legend, and author, Wayne Allen Root? Uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to, t- to talk with you, sir. Um, I've, I admire your work. Um, I want to get a commercial in for you. So tell, tell the audience the name of the book and where they can get it. Sure. First of all, great to meet you, Dan. Uh, the Great Patriot Protest and Boycott Book is the name of the book. The Great Patriot Protest and Boycott Book, because it refers to the fact that this book is like a protest movement in a little hundred-page book. Uh, you know, it's it's not just the book that matters; it's the back of the book that matters. It's a reference guide. The last, I think, it's about forty pages of the book is a listing of all the liberal and woke corporations in America that spit in the face of conservatives while we buy all their goods. And it gives you the CEO's name and the board of directors' name and how you reach them on the phone and how you reach them on email and how you reach them in mail, physical mail, snail mail, and how you reach them on social media. And uh, it, it gives you all the information you ever need to go after them and let them know that you're going to boycott their products till they stop acting like liberal woke morons. And I think that's the way to turn this country around. You got to the corporations are the one that set the agenda. The corporations are the ones that back the communist and socialist and Marxist takeover of the United States of America. They're the ones that give the donations and the green light to the Democrat politicians that do what they want with us. 
and and yet we're the ones who are the consumers that spend all the money. So we don't need to riot and murder and burn and loot like Democrats. Republicans and conservatives and Christians and patriots just need to use our pocketbook and our purse and our wallet to show them we mean business. We can drive them to bankruptcy. And that's what my book is all about. Well, obviously, it's something that needs to be said. Um, Just before you came on, Jim and I were talking, and I was saying, um, I'm a registered investment advisor. I've been managing money for over 50 years. And um, um, the governance of public corporations is that the board of directors are responsible for running the companies, and that the presidents and CEOs of corporations serve at the discretion of the board of directors. Right. Um, We had a situation uh, last week you might have heard about where the president of McDonald's uh, wrote some pretty scathing uh, comments and said what his company was going to do. He later retracted that statement because the board had not approved the position. We have rogue presidents who are who are being ill-advised by woke staff people. This is what they should do, and they're not paying attention. There are t- example, example after example of where corporation leadership has taken a position and uh, was not sanctioned by the board, um, and and the company looks like an idiot. Right. Well, that, that's what my book's about. That's the point of the Great Patriot Protest, the Boycott book, is that I give you not only the CEO's name, but the board of directors' names and how you contact them. So, I mean, the whole point is that when you go after politicians and you, and you strike or you protest in front of their office, you call their, their office phones, they couldn't care less, especially a senator, by the way, who has six years between elections. They don't care if a million people call them and say, I hate your guts and you're voting for the wrong bill and they don't care it doesn't matter but with a corporation if you kill their business for just one quarter the board can fire the ceo so the ceo feels tremendous tremendous and the shareholders that's what it's all about i i know i've been a ceo of a public company and the shareholders are the ones that determine your direction not you and the board is the one who determines if you get fired or not not you so it's a completely different thing and i suggest we change tactics and stop going after the politicians and stop calling the politicians and start going after the corporations and they will go after the politicians for us. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, uh, I saw recently, uh, you may remember the situation where President Biden received a letter from the National Association of School Boards and was uh, requesting uh, uh, that they look into the possible domestic terrorist activities of uh, parents at school board meetings and schools. And um, so they took the letter and um, empowered the attorney general to bring in the FBI to investigate any possible domestic terrorist activities. Now, Garland, when he was testifying before Congress, um, said that uh, uh, people have the right of freedom of speech. But when the controversy blew up over over what the administration was doing, what we found out was that the National Association of School Boards rescinded the letter 
and were and we were told that the letter was not approved by the board of directors supposedly by the board of directors of the association so but but the Wayne the problem that I have with this whole issue is when you say the words no matter what you do you can never ever retract them because they're there forever and so if you're going to attack Donald Trump whether you are, are the Washington Post and issue a huge apology over the weekend for the mistakes that they made in their reporting it doesn't change how those people who believe what the Washington Post were saying that they have less trust in the Washington Post and so I, I'm concerned that we have people in government and in the private sector who are too quick to criticize and not waiting to see what all the information is before they take a position and put their corporate money on the uh, on the line. I, I thought the, the 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 greatest irony was that the Black Lives Matter and the and the anti-voting constituency in Georgia convinced Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver. And the ultimate irony is that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Yes. Well, yeah, and the ultimate uh, ultimate irony really is not just that the Braves won the World Series, it's that they convinced Major League Baseball to move the All-Star game from a, uh, a city that's majority black and most of the business owners are black, and they punished them, and they moved it to a city, Denver, where most of the business owners are white. So it, it's one of the most absurd you know, uh, decisions in the history of, of corporations. You punished black people and rewarded white liberals in Denver, uh, you know, over over an issue that doesn't have anything to do with race. The whole thing is ridiculous, or, or pretended to have something to do with race. In reality, uh, you know, voter ID has nothing to do with race. Every black person, every Hispanic person, everyone is able to get a ID from the government. They've already got them. You couldn't drive without a driver's license. You can't board an airplane without a driver's license. You can't do anything. You can't get Obamacare or welfare benefits from the government without a driver's license. So why in the hell is it a problem for Democrat voters to get a driver's license? And the answer is it's not. It's the biggest lie ever told. This is how they're stealing elections. And and now we're told that you don't need ID to vote because that's racist, but you need ID all day long to go into a restaurant, a bar, a nightclub, a supermarket, a grocery store, to prove that your vaccine passport is really you. So now voter ID isn't racist. It's fine for everything except voting. I agree. It, it, it's amazing. And and um, there are some people who say, uh, well, if you make driver's, driver's license the standard, what about the people that don't drive, can't afford a car? Uh, and... Uh, I, uh, my son, oldest son, doesn't want to drive anymore. So he could, he had a driver's license, but it expired. But the Bureau of Motor Vehicles in the state of Ohio will issue a state ID that proves yeah, they all are. do. So you they don't all have, do. have a driver's license. You and if you have a state, a government ID, it fulfills all the requirements that you're talking about that you need to get into airplanes, car rentals, whatever, um, 
whatever's going on, you, you need a, a government ID, you can get that through the Department of Motor Vehicles in most states, and you don't need a driver's license. So it, Correct. It's, um, I, Wayne, I did an interview with um, a co-founder of an organization uh, not too far from Jim, um, and he's uh, he's written a co-written a, a book on um, stealing elections, and he uh, I had him on my show recently, and he he talks about all the major Western European nations have none of the problems that we have in the United States. We don't ha they don't have people that find. 10,000 ballots in a desk drawer or in a, a janitor's closet or in the trunk of a car. They don't they have, have voter ID. <laughs> they don't, yeah, every, they all require an ID to vote. Uh, they right. don't do absentee ballots. I mean, it, it's, but we, we have, we have become the victim of COVID, whether we got it or not, because they're using COVID to obfuscate the, uh, the election laws. And, and most people don't understand that the states, specifically the state legislature, is the organization responsible for setting up the rules for the conducting of elections, not, not the uh, individual citizens. So when you have people like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other organizations uh, pressuring for absentee ballots and no, no ID required and all those things, and 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 this and the Department of Elections in the state accepts those when they have not been accepted by the and signed off on by the state legislature. They're a violation of federal election laws, and the whole election could be nullified. But you've got people who are saying, you know, we have to do this because of COVID and all all the crap that's going on. So we have got a compromised election system that's broken. And while there are many states trying to fix them, the blue states that won the election for Joe Biden are not making any changes. Yeah. No, no, it's a disastrous situation. Disastrous situation. And that's, that's to me, the single biggest mistake of the Trump presidency was the fact that he didn't get voter ID in his first two years passed for federal elections. You know, if, if you don't want to pass it for every election in America, which is insane, by the way, but you can't, Trump has told me time and time again, his lawyers informed him it's a state's rights issue and you can't right. tell California how to run an election. So, okay, then you pass voter ID for all federal elections, Congress and, uh, you know, United States Senate, United States House, and President of the United States. You've got to show federal ID or government-issued ID. It could be state-issued ID by the state governments, but you can't vote unless you match ID with each vote. Otherwise, someone could vote 10 times, and I guarantee you they are. Otherwise, homeless people could vote. Otherwise, dead people could vote. Otherwise, illegal aliens could vote. Otherwise, people who don't live at that address could vote by the thousands here in uh, Nevada. I'm coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Wayne Root, by the way, uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, and uh, they just sent out uh, ballots in the mail to every single address. And so there were apartment buildings where you'd walk in the front door in the lobby, and there were 1,000 ballots strewn all over the floor. And most of the people it was said to didn't live there anymore anyway. They left in the last five years. And the, and the uh, voter rolls have never been cleaned, never been scrubbed. So there were a thousand 
ballots on the floor. Anyone could pick up, scribble a name, and send it in. This went on in every state in the United States because of COVID. Democrats used COVID to rig and steal the election with millions of mail-in ballots of dead people and homeless people and illegal aliens and people that don't exist, uh, or people that voted 10 times. It was the most obvious rigged, stolen election in world history. And when you talk about every country, uh, every Democratic industrial country having voter ID but us, how about Mexico? How can it be racist to ask for ID? when Mexico won't let you vote unless you have picture ID and thumbprint on the ID proving it's you. Wow. Well, that's, you're absolutely right. And and we are woefully behind the rest of the world in voter security. Um, Let me take you back a couple of weeks to election night. Hey guys, here's my problem, guys. Guys, I, I've just I gotta go. I had a 15 minute window, and I've just gotta race out of here. So I, I just wanted to say it was a pleasure and an honor to be on with you. Uh, I've just gotta I've gotta move to a, a next meeting, and and so I'm on the run. I made time just for for this interview for you, James. So okay. I appreciate you having me on, and I hope everybody gets a copy of the Great Patriot Protest: The Boycott Book by Wayne Allen Root. It's a great book, and it gives us a chance to fight back. And, and fight and, and bankrupt and bring to the knees all the corporations that are, are literally spitting in our face while we buy all their goods and make them rich and make their stocks go up and make them millions of dollars each, billions, but millions for each CEO. Let's bring them to their knees and let's teach them a lesson. The Great Patriot Protest and Boycott Book. Well, fantastic. Well, Wayne, thanks for doing this, brother. I really appreciate the time. Thanks, James. God bless. Thank you, Dan. Nice to meet you. There he goes. That is Wayne Allen Root, a very busy Wayne Allen Root. And uh, Dan Perkins back with us here. Let's do a little bit of a wrap-up here, Dan, since we've got some time. Uh, What what, what did you think of Wayne and his message and and everything? Well, I I think it's, it's an important message that the people need to hear because, um, when you listen to people about their personal frustration about what was going on, they don't know what to do. Wayne's book gives you a directory of what to do, who to go to, identify the president, CEO, and the board of trustees on these corporations. It gives you a chance to write, and other people to, uh, to a chance to write to these organizations and bring pressure. Uh, I've said to people, one of the easiest things that you can do to protest is you can buy one share of stock in any of those companies that you want. Yep. And share ownership allows you to go to the board, to the annual meeting, wherever it's being held, and you're allowed to ask questions. And so a lot of the liberals in the 80s and 90s used that tactic to try and intimidate corporations into doing something that they wanted to get done in terms of changing what, what was going on. We can do that now. And, and so I, I think everybody should be looking at his book as a directory of who to write to and who to call to and what pressure you need to, be, to bear. But unlike Congress, you can't go to Congress and and go to the floor and and raise an issue. In in the private sector, annual meetings are the places where shareholders get to 
establish their grievances. And so if we get more and more people going to annual meetings and raising the issues about what they think the corporation is doing wrong and what it needs to, and to have the board of directors and the officers of the corporation be accountable for what they're doing, it becomes very, very important. Well, that's going to wrap up this segment of our big program. And uh, you can get more information, danperkins.guru, uh, also black and white, blacksandwhites.us. And uh, we will see you next time here on our big program. Jiggy Jaguar is better than me. I'm totally serious about that, too. You know, Tyler Hollywood, I always say this, he will never live that down. Uh, We are back live here on our big broadcast. We are coast to coast. Border to border on iHeartRadio today and AMFM247.com. And we are going to go to Niall Nickel. He joins us here on our big program. Niall, welcome back to the uh, the big broadcast. How are you, my friend? Well, you know, I'm very honored because I listen to the quality of the guests you've got, and they're just outstanding. Well, thank you, sir. I, uh, I've, I've, I've got you. I've got, I had Peter Navarro on earlier. We got all sorts of things happening today, my friend. So, uh, so Niall, what, what do you have for us today? You always have some great technology news and insight and, and, and everything. Well, you know, probably one of the biggest things this particular week is the FBI has detained and arrested a suspect uh, that is a member of the Revolts Ransom Group. Now, just in case you don't know, that's considered to be the biggest ransomware group in the world. Uh, they confiscated $6.1 million worth of assets. Uh, they put him in custody. And, by the way, he's the third person from this group to be Still looking for a few others. Didn't know this, but what's interesting to me is the government is willing to spend a lot of money to really get these uh, ransomware groups uh, in prison. Um, They are offering rewards of up to $10 million for information leading to the arrest of a Revo manager and up to $5 million just for information regarding persons who attempted to work for the group. Uh, that's, really? that's pretty big money. That is that is really good money. <laughs> Actually. I think we ought to be looking for these ransomware people. <laughs> that's awesome. It is Niall Nickel. He's with us today here on our big broadcast. So these 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 ransomware folks, uh, if 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 they catch some of these guys, they're basically trying to figure out a way on how to shut this whole thing down so so people uh, basically don't have to pay these guys anymore, essentially, is, is what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, they're really trying to make an example out of some of these folks. It turns out that they suspect that the leader of the group is a Russian citizen, and 
obviously they haven't been able to get their hands on him, but uh, the guy that they just arrested is a Ukrainian citizen, and uh, he's being detained in Poland right now while awaiting extradition to the U.S. But I don't know if you could get this or not. They're facing more than 100 years in jail if they're convicted on the charges, not to mention the civil forfeitures that they're they're going through. Of course, if you're going to live in jail for a hundred years, you probably don't need a lot of money anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I it it's it, it's not going to be a lot of use to you uh, if you're behind bars, kind of thing. Well, other than you know, you may be able to get more cigarettes and gum. I don't know. That's right. Um, That's right. It is Niall Nickel. He's with us today here on our big program. He joins us coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today and also AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes. And you can find us each and every day over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com. So, Niall, besides the, uh, the, the ransomware guys, uh, what else is going on out there? So, so, yeah, I have to always ask you a question. I have got to put you in that position. <laughs> you always do, every week. Yeah. All of these uh, 5G antennas going up everywhere, and just around my office, I'm not exaggerating, within a one-mile radius of my office now, I have 50 and they're still going up, by the way, 5G antennas. So what do you think of this? Uh, I, I think they're going to end up uh, with all the radiation and everything off these 5G things. I think they're going to end up giving a lot of people a lot more cancers and things like this. That's just well, you know, that's what I a very going to happen. Very interesting observation. It seems that uh, the Japanese tech giant SoftBank, by the way, SoftBank was one of the majority owners of Sprint before Sprint was taken over by T-Mobile, but they are planning a trial of wireless charging of smart watches and earbuds using the power transmitted through 5G antennas. And they're saying, yeah, we can completely charge these smartwatches and earbuds. You never have to charge them, never have to put them on the charger, because you could just pull the power from the 5G uh, antennas that are broadcasting all of this signal. But don't worry, it's safe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was rather interesting. Here we're going to charge things wirelessly that we're walking around with, but it's completely safe for the human body. Uh, yeah, it won't charge you, won't do anything or anything like that. So uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. They're actually doing this in China right now. The government has licensed this, and they're planning to use uh, to, to actually test it starting next year. Um, and they're planning, uh, which will be an indoor test, maybe a little bit more protected. They're planning an outdoor test in 2024, but uh, coming to a city near you is wireless charging with 5G antennas. Just saying, just saying. It is Niall Nickel. He's with us today here on our big program. So, Niall, uh, besides the, 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 you know, all this, all this shenanigans with the, charging and 5g and all these things what what else do you have for us well 
I'm going to give you two things to to wrap up with. One is, is, you know, if we look at the Internet and where it's come, back in 1994, there happened to be a pretty much uh, unknown computer scientist turned humanities professor that started to predict about the impact of the Internet 30 years ago. Uh, and happened to say, you know, that data wouldn't be collected by one single powerful big brother government, but by a lot of entities for different purposes. And he predicted that people would willingly part with massive amounts of information about their most personal affairs and desires freely. Does this sound like maybe he was spot on or what? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Gentlemen, yes, gentlemen's yep, name is Philip Agri. And interestingly enough, about uh, six years ago now, he just completely dropped out of sight. He disconnected from the Internet. Um, he has no email. He has no cell phone number. Uh, none of his addresses are working. Uh, some friends were worried about him. They contacted the police, and apparently the police tracked him down, said, no, he's all fine and nothing's wrong. He just doesn't want to be bound. So uh, I found that rather interesting. But uh, the reason I mentioned his name is all of a sudden, all of the things that he started to write, they're starting to appear in technology think tanks and, and ethical conversations about uh, oh, simple things like facial recognition and, and data privacy issues and all of that. And remember, he wrote all of this stuff 30 years ago. I think that's pretty phenomenal. It is Niall Nickel. He is fantastic. He joins us today here on our big broadcast. So, Niall, as we wrap up with you, my friend, how do people get in touch with you on the web and everywhere else? Well, the easiest way to get me is on that Twitter box, as you call it, at Niall Nickel. You can get with me there, talk with me, follow me, get all the articles that we talk about and many more. And you could go to Facebook, go to Niall Nickel's Top Technology Tips. It's all there and so much more. It is Niall Nickel, and uh, Niall, thanks for doing this, brother. I will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. I'll do that. You take care as well. Thank you, my friend. There he goes. That's Niall Nickel, and he joins us today here on our big program. And uh, we are going to take a brief time out. We are back here on our big broadcast, and uh, we've gotten all the technical issues figured out. Thank the Lord above. Technology's good when it works, but then there's a lot of times I just wish we would go back to the typewriter. Uh, we have got a great guest joining us today here on the telephone. Dr. Carol Lieberman is back with us here on our program. Dr. Carol, how are you, my friend? Fine, thank you. So... Dr. Carroll, it seems that the um, there's all sorts of things happening in the news. One of them is this recent loss of in Virginia, and this Democratic Party they 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 just don't know where the hell to go. It seems like um, I know where they should go, but they're not going to go that route. Um, <laughs> What what exactly do you think is going on with the Democrats and kind of diagnose this mental behavior? Well, um, 
the Democrats are either um, or are and or are either um, having cognitive problems, you know, problems of thinking, um, or and or delusions. <laughs> and of course, it is epitomized by uh, King Biden. I call him King because he's <laughs> acting like a king, not a president. He doesn't think he has to um, ask anybody else what they think. At that seems to be the case uh <laughs> you, you you bit that on the head dr carol lieberman with us today she is america's uh conscience it seems anymore with uh <laughs> with some of the some of the different things going on from from, from a, a psychiatrist perspective what do you think is going on with the democrats because it seems like where i think they ought to go is do the actual things that the Democrats say that they're going to do instead of selling out to their corporate donors. But as 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 a psychiatrist, what 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 do you think is going on? Well, um, I mean, you know, the the um, election in Virginia shocked Democrats, and and the close election which is not over yet, in, uh, unless it just happened, in uh, New Jersey. Um, those were, and there were some other, you know, elections where uh, Republicans won. And I think that the Democrats found it shocking, um, or else they would have made sure that there were leaking pipes in those places. Um, and, but they are confused, because on the one hand, you know, there's such a division in the Democratic Party. Um, obviously, it's the progressives who are bringing them down, but the progressives have a lot of power within the party. So they are kind of stuck. Um, you know, if they wanted to go back to what the, the Democratic Party used to be, I mean, more moderate and more uh, reasonable, but, um, you know, the money is coming from uh, the progressives, you know, they're the donors to the progressives. Um, so they are really stuck. And I think if they keep on keeping on with the progressive agenda, you know, um, critical race theory and, uh, and the sexual, the pornography in schools, trying to teach kids not to believe, not to go along with the gender that they were born with, the sex organs that they were born with, but to, that, that's not cool. It's much cooler to be, um, trans or bi uh, or or just a, a whole plethora of other choices but not um the sex that you were born with so so all of these things you know it's not just parents who are upset about that although i must say just yesterday i i, I read this i'm sure you probably read it too about the american medical so association um getting woke they put out a book uh, a booklet, you know, with instructions for doctors to, um, you know, to not use certain terms and to it's basically uh, a, a, an, a, an instructional pamphlet about how to be woke. And I, I am just still reeling from that. I just it's so um, scary to think that um, that the people, it's obviously it's not all doctors all over America, but it's the people who are in charge of the AMA 
who um, have been hornswoggled, have been have have swallowed the Kool-Aid, and it's really scary to think that people who are supposed to be intelligent um, and who are supposed to be looking out for our health could could have followed this, could have fallen victim to this. This is just is just amazing to me. I I saw a deal the other day that apparently now uh, you have to not only announce your name, your pronouns, but you have to announce what land that indigenous people used to uh, inhabit uh, wherever you are. And I'm like, you know, introductions are are are. <laughs> are just so simple you say hi how are you doing type of thing what is going on i haven't heard the the uh indigenous people part oh it's (laughs) (laughs) this is how are you supposed to know know where i bet you 90 percent of the people don't know where they're living where what which Indigenous people live. Yes, yes. I, I am going to have to go do some research on wherever <laughs> we do the TV show from for now on, so so I can make sure that uh, when I <laughs> when I introduce these bands and, and people that we have on the show, I, I can make sure that I'm coming from from the right indigenous spot. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor well. Carol Lieberman, you are fantastic. You are fantastic, my friend. Well, I know that the um, my the home that my grandparents owned that I used my favorite pl- I, I'm from New York from from New York City, um, and I don't know the names of the I mean I guess it was the was it the Iroquois I mean whoever it was, <laughs> they sold Manhattan for for twenty four dollars I know that that's right that's right <laughs> and um, and where my grandparents had a house my favorite place when I was growing up um, that I lived you know during the summers and so on. Um, was Lake Mayo Pack, and it was the Mayo Pack Indians. So I know that. <laughs> well, I will have to say that you have um, you you definitely are amazing and a common sense uh, person. When when I when when I when I get the chance to talk to you. Um, one of the thing the last time we had you on, we were discussing this. Uh, this case that seems to kind of have fallen out of uh, the news cycle with this with this missing person, and I know that Dog the Bounty Hunter was involved uh, at one point. What 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 have they have they tracked this guy down yet? Do you have any news on this? Well, yes, he well supposedly. They found his bones, his remains. It's very, it's still very, yes, it isn't in the news so much anymore. But um, I am not convinced that they found uh, Brian Laundrie's remains. I mean, supposedly it was his uncle who identified his teeth. Now, I, I, his parents were still, you know, they are just lying. Everything they said was a lie. And um, so I am not convinced that they didn't just get his uncle to say that whatever teeth they found, you know, in the in the um, the refuge in the you know this uh, wilderness near their house, um, could be anybody's teeth. <laughs> and his uncle is saying wow. his teeth, and he's he's somewhere in uh, Tijuana or or further. Wow. 
<laughs> so they, they basically they, they everybody just they're like we've moved on. <laughs> it's over. They well, found the I mean, remains, I hope and that there are that's some it. people who haven't moved on and ha- and who are still really following it and doing more investigation. Um, because you know, I I think that the parents should have been charged or should still be charged for uh, aiding and abetting um, yes. or in- obstructing justice. You know, uh, they by lying about where when he left, where he was. Um, and I mean, I think there's going to be more to the story because maybe the sister will have a guilty conscience and she will reveal more. Uh, but you know, but right now, for the most part, the news has been letting it go. Wow, that is th- it's really it's really wow. bad for the family of Gabby Petito. Yes. Wow this 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 is amazing. Uh, Dr. Carroll, before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online and social media and the websites and everything else? Well, my, um, my, um, uh, <laughs> Twitter, uh, handle is at Dr. Carol MD, which is at D-R, Carol is C-A-R-O-L-E, and then M-D. And I have a bunch of websites, but, um, you can go to, uh, terrorist therapist. Uh, terroristtherapist.com and um, and you'll find my book Lions and Tigers and Terrorists Oh My How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror and if you're thinking this is not a time of terror <laughs> just wait a week or two exactly. just wait a week or two you're right about that well, well Dr. Carroll t- actually yes actually, go ahead say, my friend you know, there has been a warning put out I, I shouldn't even say wait a week or two uh, I mean first of all we know there was a Halloween warning but um, there has been a warning put out by the Department of Homeland Security between now and during the holidays that this is a time of alert. I mean, after, after Afghanistan, there are, we are going to have more terror attacks, whether they're just little lone wolf attacks or bigger attacks um, than ever. Well, we, we live in an interesting, interesting time. Well, Dr. Carroll, I appreciate you making time for us today. I apologize about all the technical mishaps, but uh, we, got, we got this worked out and made it work, and uh, I will talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. There she goes. That is Dr. Lieberman. We are going to take a time out and... Oh boy, we got more coming up on the other side. Okay, we are back live here on our big broadcast, and we are going to go to Frank Vernuccio on the old Skip Skype, and we will see if we can get Vernuccio in here. And uh, see how long the internet will last long enough for me to talk to Vernuccio. So, we will see. We will see what happens with uh, with our internet here. So, we'll see if Frank... Greetings, James. There he is. Frank Fernuccio joins us today here on a broadcast. USA Gov Policy. And, of course, he has a uh, tremendous radio and television program each and every week. And um, so, Frank, the latest uh, from the news... Give us, give us your thoughts and feelings on what's going on, my friend. 
Well, of course, we found out this week that the Biden administration is thinking of closing down Michigan oil pipeline number five, which raises the question, how are those of us in the chillier parts of the country going to get through this winter? We already saw a forecast, of course, that there is going to be a significant rise in the cost of heating our homes, just as there's been an extraordinary rise in uh, fueling our cars. If we further that problem by closing down yet another pipeline, I don't know how folks are going to make that choice between putting food on the table or paying for the rent. Wow. It is Frank Bernuccio. He's with us today here on our big program. And uh, I'll tell you, Biden, he just he just doesn't seem to know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> I get that impression. Well, you know, it, it, to, to be blunt, though, you know, people were saying that perhaps they're worried about Biden and senility setting in. But the reality of it is, much of what Biden did has been doing reflects, perhaps not as sharply, but reflects his career. Remember, this is the gentleman who ran for president of the United States and then had to drop out many years ago because it was found he was plagiarizing all his speeches. Biden also was in charge of the Middle East policy during the Obama administration. He made the decision to completely withdraw American troops from Iraq, sound familiar, from Afghanistan? That led to the rise of ISIS. The mistakes that President Biden is making today directly reflect the policy choices he made in the past. There's nothing really new here. Um, Whether or not he is personally losing it, uh, that's a story for another day. But the policy options that he has chosen reflect the policy choices he has made in the past during his long 40-year-plus career in government. It is Frank Fernuccio, USA Gov Policy. He joins us here on our big program. And this vaccine mandate, uh, what what is the latest on this? Because I, I see all sorts of people. Uh, in fact, last week, one of the biggest rumors as to why the World Wrestling, uh, I guess it would be World Wrestling Entertainment, I always like to refer to it as World Wrestling Federation, but whatever. Um, they fired a whole bunch of people on Thursday, and now there is rumors that most of the people they fired, uh, they didn't get vaccinated. And so Benson, the crew, said, well, well, we'll see you later. Uh, that seems to be happening all over the country. People are getting fired for not being vaccinated. My God, James, are you saying that there's a possibility that wrestling isn't legitimate? That, the, that it's staged? Come on, James. Can't be. Don't say that. No, the latest in the vaccination wars is that the government is now floating the idea that if you want to go out of your state and travel, that you're going to have to show your your vaccination card. You know, are your papers in order in order for you to leave your state? Look, are there legitimate concerns about COVID? Well, somewhat. I mean, it is going away, but I suppose there's still concerns. But it can't be used as an excuse to turn America into what Soviet Russia is and what well, was rather than what China is today, where you need government permission to move out of your hometown or out of your area. This is really a, a terrible situation. It's the most convenient excuse for increasing authoritarianism that the left has been desperately seeking for some time. 
It is Frank Fernuccio, USA Gov Policy. He joins us here on our big program. So, Frank, give us a uh, preview of your radio and TV programs this weekend. We're going to be talking, of course, about many of the topics, James, that you and I just discussed uh, today. But we have two great guests that we're going to be bringing on. Um, excuse me. We're having Ken Hassett, who used to be the was an American economist, and he was the senior advisor and chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors in the Trump administration. We're also going to be talking with Ken Raposa, who is a China expert, um, and we know, of course, that China has those troops that they're massing across the water from Taiwan, the same as the Russians are massing their troops near the Ukrainian border. This looks really serious and uh We'll have to stay tuned and see what happens, but uh, it doesn't look very good right now. It is Frank Fernuccio. Frank, thanks for doing this, my friend, and I will uh, talk to you next week. And, and James, please don't tell me that that wrestling is staged. <laughs> Come on. You can't do that. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, James. There he goes. Frank Fernuccio, the fantastic Frank Fernuccio. USA Gov Policy. We are going to take a brief time out here, and when we come back, we have got more coming up. Rust is going to be with us here in just a few, and uh, you can go ahead and find Patricia online. She is fantastic. She is a delightful showbiz personality and author. She last appeared on our big broadcast two years ago, and uh, she joins us from Hawaii today. And uh, let's talk with the great Patricia Rust. Patricia, how are you, my friend? Welcome back to the program. Oh, aloha, James, to all your listeners. I'm <laughs> Such a fan. Such a big fan. How do you you end up in Hawaii, of all places? Well, I I swear, I've always been a swimmer. I was a state champion for Hawaii. (laughs) That's awesome. So during COVID, you couldn't travel. So I said, well, I'll just start swimming from California, and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. It's a good place to write. I had had some time on my hands, so I wrote, and I came out with two children's books, and they're flying off the shelf, or I should say the, the Internet. And the thing is, you have to type in Patricia Rust, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A space, R-U-S-T, like what happens if you're in the water too much? You rust. <laughs> <laughs> you're great. I love you. Patricia <laughs> Rust with us today. She joins us live here in her broadcast. As an award-winning screenwriter and author, she is most proud of her work as a children's author. So let's talk about your children's books. Uh, how, did you, how did you come up with the idea for these books? Well, I I think that I've always been writing kids' books. Even when I was five years old, I'd make them for the neighbor's kids. And Jackie the Angel, uh, I think, is really timely because it helps kids uh, deal with COVID, and it talks about uh, being brave and, and not being afraid of their surroundings. And it's not like a syrupy sweet angel. It's a feisty adventure, uh, some angel who has friends and and works together on the spirit of cooperation and she's just really fun 
And Jackie the Angel had appeared in print and online for 20 years, and everyone's like, where's the book? Where's the book? Where's the book? So finally, Jackie the Angel came out. I had to get just the right artwork and, and everything. It, it, it's just great. And um, it's going beautifully. And then the second one is a natural. When I tell you the title of it, you'll know why. It's called Step Away from the Phone. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, I, I was seeing kids in waiting rooms, and they were glued to their parents' telephones. And I thought, wait, aren't the kids supposed to be playing with toys or yes. reading books? And I, I read something in Australia that kids don't give book reports anymore because they're too shy be, to be in front uh, of other kids. Yeah. It's they're used amazing. to being on their their parents' cell phone. And, and what happens is they're really, um, like, focused, like laser beam focused on that object in front of them. And they, they're actually growing bone spurs on the back of their neck. And eight-year-olds are having spinal surgery. I don't mean to laugh about it. Wow. But it's like, oh, my God. So even though it's a picture book with vocabulary words and educational, there'll be a page with a boy surfing, for instance, and it'll say, I'm surfing the net, I'm surfing the wet, come boogie with me and my blue monkey. So the blue monkey's inside the wave surfing with the boy with his computer. So we're saying, hey, it's cool to be on your computer, learning, whatever you're doing, playing video games on your computer, but let's get out there, plant trees, go to the zoo, do things with your family, yes. be proactive in the world, you know, not be afraid. And, and also, I say to parents, don't hand your kids your phone all the time. That's no excuse for not interacting. Your kids want your time and attention, right? Yes. Yes. And we're, and we're so guilty. I mean, you are broadcasting, so that's great. But um, texting and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I love parents, but, you know, being in the children's realm for so long, USA Today said I had read to 100,000 kids across the country, so I kind of took my acting and took it on the road. And... Um, and I think because I have an Emmy in comedy writing, I can make books funny, whereas a lot of authors are, you know, thumping people over the head. And it, by the way, it's National Authors Day. So I try That's to keep awesome. it funny, like a Dr. Seuss. And, oh, I'm not comparing myself to Dr. Seuss, but they did endorse my writing. I have a lot of endorsements from, you know, like I gave the Teacher of the Year Award in California. I have a lot of, like, Diane Sawyer said, ah, where, where is this book when I need it when I was doing a special on, on kids being buried in their cell phones? And anyway, I could go on and on, but I, <laughs> I love my book. You're great. You're great. Patricia Rust with us today. She joins us live here on our broadcast. And uh, she is amazing. She has been a uh, an award-winning screenwriter. She's a great children's author. And she joins us today here on our broadcast. So why do you think that uh, it's it's getting to the point where we have so many kids that are not 
you know, being kids anymore. How, how, how do we get this back to where they need to be kids again? God, that's such a great question, James. First of all, I think all of our, our electronics are so beguiling with their amazing uh, graphics and colors and lights. I mean, we're all seduced by them. They look fantastic. And, uh, you know, they tell us, oh, put your electronics to the other side of the room before bed. You know, you don't want to suddenly... Uh, uh, be seduced by something and uh, it's very hard for children because they see something and and um, they're they're human just like the rest of us so they're growing up in a world that's become so small they see everything on the news you know when 9-11 happened they saw it I mean the world used to be that that no one got the news. It was it, it came on what horseback or the Wells Fargo wagon, and and so news was always secondhand. And now the kids see it, and we have to be real sensitive to that and help them interpret the world. You know, help them interpret COVID. And if they understand what's going on, then they're okay with their masks, and they're they're not afraid. Or if they understand that electronics have a place in their lives but don't have to dominate. I, I, I read to one child who said she was writing happy birthday as many times as possible, texting it as many times as possible, even if that meant a trillion. And I said, how about just one happy birthday to your best friend? You know, that might do the trick. So they're really uh, living in a different world, and, it, and it's, it's um, a new one. It's altogether new. And so if we can help guide them, we're, we're, we're navigating through it as well, aren't we? Yes, very much so. We have got a great guest with us today. Patricia Russ joins us here on our big program so uh you mentioned earlier that you had to find the right illustrator and everything talk to me about that process well i'm very lucky i I've, I've been a writer for disney and under contract to disney and um my mentor was a teacher for disney artists and so i've i've been in contact with tim burton and henry selick and a lot of the great great directors that have come out of that school and so I've been lucky to work with animators, and most people don't realize that animators also have fine arts careers, and they go to fine arts schools. So um, I've been lucky to be able to pick and choose my illustrators, and uh, to that end, when people say, oh, this book is fantastic, and my first children's book became a bestseller, and I donated all the proceeds to literacy, and my mother once asked me, if you knew it would be a bestseller, would you have done that? I said, yeah, absolutely, Mom, but I take no credit. I really think it's the artist, you know, who can take your words and bring them to life in a meaningful way. And um, these these animators are really sensational artists. Uh, they, they really are amazing, and they're all different. They're all different. But they're so employable, they stay working as animators because it's steady income for the rest of their lives. Yes. As opposed to being 
a, ch- a, ch- a children's author, a writer, well, that's not something you set out to be if you want to be, you know, king of the world. It's not like real estate or banking. It's something you do because you really want to influence the hearts and minds of kids. That's awesome. We have got a great guest with us today. Patricia Russ joins us here on our broadcast. So how how did you get started uh, screenwriting? Because uh, because you you you've got all sorts of, of you know great contact, great background. How, how how did you get into the screenwriting part of it? David, you ask great questions. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles and was exposed to a lot of showbiz everything. And after I came out of UCLA, I'd been editor of the school newspaper. I uh, produced hosted and um well i did a a show a a talk show for pbs i just started out as kind of a peon and then became the host of i think i was the first female talk show host that i know of and i loved it so much and then i started thinking well maybe i'm publicizing what other people are doing but i really need to do something and I have such an imagination, and I was lucky because during my UCLA days, I got to travel a lot as a model, and um, I'd come back and I'd write about my adventures and try not to let my professors know that I'd been missing from class. So I started writing about these, and I actually sold my first screenplay to Warner Brothers, which apparently is unheard of, and you have to write 50 screenplays before you sell one. But I actually sold my first one to uh, Warner Brothers, and so that got me going on the, I don't know if you would say the fiction side of things, but on the film and television side of things. And then I went on to write for dramas and comedies, and it wasn't until after writing for Disney that I decided that I was in a position where I could write to children and, you know, have a a literacy organization where I could donate books to inner city kids and, you know, really give back to the communities and, and serve because I found out how many kids didn't really have books or libraries were in need of them. And uh, I love to be, I think, I'll tell you the truth, James, I think I'm a frustrated stand-up comedian for kids. So I love, to That's perform. Awesome. I love to perform my books for the kids, and I have them act out all the parts, and they seem to love it. And when I was at the market the other day, this boy was screaming the title of one of my books. It <laughs> made me so happy. <laughs> he That's even knew awesome. Patricia Rust, and I couldn't believe that anyone knew my name. So I said, oh, I'm on Etsy now. I was telling his mom, I'm on Etsy under PatriciaRustCreative.com. That's great. That's great. We have got uh, Patricia Rust with us today. She joins us live here on our big program. So, Patricia, uh, where where exactly do you see your children's books going for you? What are some of your goals for your books? Well, I have been approached by British television for Jackie the Angel, turning it into a series, And that might be something, you know, to think about. Right now I'm working on the sequel, of course. And the illustrations usually take, or the artwork usually takes a couple of years. People don't realize that a children's book is really an art book. It's quite uh, labor-intensive. And um, 
And right now, with everything being an app or a video game, it, it takes a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears to get one out. So I used to do the L.A. Times children's page, so I'm taking a lot of my stories, because they did away with it, and I'm putting those into book form. That's why I think it's good if people look up Patricia Rust then um, on Amazon, then they can see other books as they become available as books. Because I always have some sort of message that I'm trying to deliver in a humorous way so that parents can feel that my books are going to make a difference in their kids' lives and that they can read the book to the children and then the children can read the books to them. They call me the um, J.K. Rowling's for the young set, but I think it's more than that. You know, I think I have a lot of messages and and lots of things, like The King of Skiddly-Doo, my first book, is about a king who has to learn to read, write, and spell in order to save his kingdom. And it was stolen out of all the libraries here. And the head of the library association called to tell me that. And I said, I don't know if I should be upset or flattered. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big program, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on iHeartRadio today and also AMFM247.com. Patricia Rust, our guest today. Well, Patricia, before we let you go, my friend, uh, how do we get your books and how do we get in touch with you online and, and everywhere else? Uh, if if people want to see my books on Amazon, they give you a preview. If they go to Patricia Rust, R-U-S-T, books, or they go to Etsy, and they have to put capital P for Patricia, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, and then all one word, then capital R for R-U-S-T, and capital with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.